0: This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: The New York City Marathon was going on, so I nearly missed the start of today's show, Maria. <laughs> just kidding. But man, was it wasn't was it difficult getting in. Hope everyone is having a great afternoon, a great weekend. And Maria, you are making your 98.7 7 ESPN hosting debut right now.
2: That's right. So am I glad to see you? Am I glad you made it in? Because oh, yeah. that would have been interesting if I just pinch hit solo for my debut here on ESPN New York. But uh doing the cliche, you know, for those of you who don't know me, I'll just come out and, and intro myself real quick. We
1: need the entire resume, <laughs> uh, your first ever broadcasting <laughs> job, every single detail imaginable.
2: I will spare you all that. Uh, you can you can do a Google if you really must know <laughs> all of the details, but I'm a digital host at Action Network. I just started there earlier this year. Prior to that was at SNY for nearly five years, but really excited to get back to my radio roots because sort of my my media career jump-started, I think, when I started at SiriusXM several years back uh, in the sports space. So just really happy to get back into it. Been a longtime fan of ESPN New York, so this is basically a dream.
1: Who is the more famous Ramapo alum, you or Don McGregor?
2: <laughs> okay, obviously Don. I, I appreciate that you would even <laughs> ask that question. I know there was a, a a tinge of sarcasm there, but you know what's funny? I was listening to The K Show earlier this week, And it came up obviously uh, when you're comparing Fordham alumni versus Ramapo alumni. It's uh, it's a little lopsided. Uh, Don did not uh, name me as as one of the notable (laughs) Ramapo alumni, but I don't blame him. Uh, Maybe after this, maybe eventually I'll I'll, I'll inch my way to that.
1: Then you know you have made it. Don LeGreca will consider you a notable (laughs) Ramapo alumni. You guys are. Is it the? I know it's the Fordham Rams. What's the Ramapo mascot name?
2: The Roadrunners. Oh,
1: the Roadrunners. Oh, yeah. We were the Bombers. I went to Ithaca College.
2: Ah, I remember that. That sounds way cooler. I'm not going to lie. Go Bombers. Yes. (laughs) Good (laughs) for you.
1: A lot to talk about today. We're going to obviously do a ton on the NFL. Jets play tomorrow night. You, of course, could hear that right here on the station with Bob Leshuz and Marty Lyons on the call. And the Jets got some great news throughout the course of the NFL slate today. You go out to Germany earlier this morning, 930 kick, and it's the Chiefs taking down the Miami Dolphins. Then you have the Patriots. I mean, look, I don't think they're going anywhere, Maria, but now they're 2-7. and seven. You can kiss their season done if it wasn't already. And tonight, the Buffalo Bills will be in action on Sunday Night Football on the road at Cincinnati. If they lose that game, as crazy as this is to say out loud, the Jets enter tomorrow night with a win, just a half game out of first place In the division. So, some good news early uh, for the Jets and their fans as they get set for Monday night tomorrow. And then, of course, if you're a Giants fan, Giants getting set to take on Antonio Pierce and the Las Vegas Raiders in a game that's coming up in just a little bit. So, we'll get to the Jets as we go, but we'll start with the Giants, Maria, because look, a lot of people think. The Raiders are going to win this game. And think about how crazy that is to say. Insane. Because we're talking about a team that's been an absolute mess in Vegas. They have an interim coach in Antonio Pierce. And there's a lot of people saying the Giants are going to lose. In fact, I think the Giants are an underdog going into this game, which just tells you how far the Giants have fallen from a team that was in the playoffs and won a playoff game a season ago.
2: They do remain a one-point underdog As we speak, and I remember when this line came out a few days ago, I thought to myself, how crazy is this? The Giants are actually underdogs. I mean, it's not crazy when you think about how bad the Giants have been, but the Raiders are in a a position where they have benched their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, you mentioned, starting a rookie QB and Aiden O'Connell. And they have also fired their head coach, their GM, their offensive coordinator. So it just shows you once again – just how awful the Giants are. I mean, offensively, you have the Giants dead last in the league in total yards, last in points per game at a dismal 11.9. The Raiders are, meanwhile, 31st in total yards, 30th in points per game. So not much better, but there you have it. Just two really bad football teams. That being said, the Giants got to win this game. Like, I don't want to hear any excuses anymore. You have Daniel Jones coming back. You have Saquon Barkley back, and, you know, there's been, understandably, a lot of criticism both for the the play on the field and this coaching staff, but we do have to keep into perspective just, once again, getting, getting hit in the injury bug and not having your QB1 and your RB1 available together for most of the season.
1: This is a huge kind of litmus test for, like, the future Brian Dable and Daniel Jones. Not that I think the Giants are going anywhere, but you lose this game, I mean— how bad is it gonna get for this season? I'm not ready to say Brian Dable is going to be you know the next Joe Judge and get fired after two years or go back to Ben McAdoo who made the playoffs year one and then didn't even make it through his second year. I'm not you know ready to go that far. But look, Daniel Jones is back. So is Andrew Thomas. Mm. If you can't beat a Raiders team starting Aiden O'Connell, then the 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 conversation with the Giants needs to change from, you know, what the season is, ah, oh, disappointing, you underachieved too. Are they going to be picking near the top of the draft? And then, Maria, the conversation's going to be, well, this regime didn't draft Daniel Jones. If there's a quarterback we like at the top of the draft, we could replace him. His contract is only guaranteed for one more year. Like, that's how quickly that conversation will start if you
2: lose to yeah.
1: Antonio Pierce and quarterback Aiden O'Connell in this game coming up.
2: So much can change in such a short period of time because a season ago... We had Daniel Jones playing great. And again, I I go back to health because, I mean, that's the most games that he's played in his career last year with 16 games. Um, And and the same with Saquon Barkley being healthy uh, for pretty much the full season for the first time since his rookie year. So I go back to both of those guys being available. But, you know, the Giants lock up Daniel Jones in the offseason, they get the four-year $160 million deal done, and now we're already having question marks because this Giants season has just started off so poorly. And I gave the the coach sort of a break uh, just a moment ago in terms of talking about the injuries, but what I do blame him for is game one, not being ready to play. Yep, You did not score a point, and then game two you weren't ready to play. You were lucky that you came back in the second half and beat the Cardinals. Um and lucky being a relative term. Obviously they played great in that second half and and they deserved to win the ball game, but you still weren't ready to play and that's a coaching issue in my opinion. But I do agree with you. Like I'm not expecting like this to be the end for Dable after the season regardless of what happens cuz I also think you need to have some continuity finally for the Giants. I'm sick of having a new coach every 2 years. Um uh, you know, having three different head coaches for Daniel Jones in uh in his career in the NFL is is certainly not ideal so I don't want to see that either uh, but this is a very shaky ground that that the Giants are on and this is a game that you can win. I already talked about you know how inept the Na- the Raiders are. So this is a winnable game go out and win it.
1: No question and when you look at the Giants, and where they were expected to be. Forget that. That's not happening. But you want to feel like, hey, we had a bad year, but we still have the right coach. We still have the right quarterback in place. And we could retool. We could have some more cap space next year. And we could add to our team. You lose today, and you look at the Giants' record if they do lose today. You're 2-7. and seven. Like, How bad is this going to get? Right now, the Giants are expected to pick 6th in the NFL draft if the season were to end today. Like, If they're picking in the top 5, would they go quarterback in that spot? Like that's why they gotta win games. I
2: don't even want to. I don't even want to ask that yet. Like it's it's like too. That's soon That's why for you me. can't lose <laughs>
1: you, to Antonio you Pierce. You can't
2: lose. I mean, it is too soon, Jake. It is too soon for us to be asking what are they doing in the draft. And I'm hoping that they give us more leeway here and make it so that we're not asking those questions by going out and winning today.
1: The other thing with the Giants is this game is about to kick off, and it looks like Mark Sanchez is on the call, Jeff fans. For uh, you Giant fans, you get a little Sanchez today with Kevin Kugler on Fox. The other thing that the Giants did this week, and and last Sunday night, I was on with Ty Butler after the Giants-Jets game, and Ty was killing Brian Dable. How could you send Gano out there to kick? How do you not run the ball with Barkley? And I said, you know what? Graham Gano was a pro bowler. If Dable thinks he could hit a 35-yard kick, which is essentially two yards longer than an extra point, I'm good with it. He hits the kick, and the Giants they win the game. But now I take it all back uh, you because do. because I find out this week <laughs> yes. that Dable knew that Graham Gano was dealing with an injury, and Graham Gano needs season-ending surgery, and he's no longer kicking for this team. I can no longer sit back and say, yep, I understood Dable's decision to send Gano out there. So it wasn't just the first couple games you alluded to, Maria, where yeah. Dable made some terrible coaching uh, mistakes and decisions. I-, I defended him last week. I take it all back. Because how could you send Graham Gano out there for that kick when he missed one earlier in the game and you knew he was dealing with an injury? And the fact that it's now a season-ending injury, I think that's another terrible look for Brian Dable.
2: It's a terrible look, and I actually heard you on with Ty last week. I agreed with with Ty um, even prior to the full knowledge that we have regarding the scope of Graham Gunot's injury, but the fact that he had missed a kick earlier in the game um, told me that that was a questionable decision to go ahead and kick the field goal with the game on the line uh, late there. So I agreed with that already, but now we see, to your point, the justification that, I mean, this is a bad enough injury that he's that he's having surgery and he may not play again this season, regardless of his uh, spectacular resume in his career up to that point. So um, look, it's not all one decision. And we have to remember too, that last season, the Giants were impressive. I know they exceeded expectations, but they were still hanging by a thread at some points. I mean, let's not like talk about that last season. Like it was so incredible. I know he made a lot of great in-game coaching decisions. They were what, 9-7-1? and one. Again, you, you deserve uh, credit for winning a playoff game, but we talked all last year about that receiving core being shorthanded. They didn't do much to address it in the offseason. Nope. They bring in Darren Waller. He's hurt. And are we that surprised that he's hurt, given the fact that he missed quite a few games the last two seasons? So you didn't do a whole lot to address that depth. I questioned how Waller was being used anyway, Before the last couple of weeks, he was finally starting to get his stride. So it was really, really a bummer to you know for Giants fans to see him go out last week. But you know we were, I I think, foolish to expect you know a a big progression from last season based on the fact that last season wasn't you know it was fine, but it wasn't all that great when you really think about it.
1: Well, the hope was, hey. We give this guy the money in Daniel Jones, and he now with a little better weapons around him, another year in this system, he would take a big step forward. And he just hasn't. And I understand part of that is the offensive line. Part of that is he went down with an injury. But still, I I think it's a fair conversation to have, and Giants fans are going to start to have it, especially if they lose today. Is he the guy we can win with big picture? And I, I think at some point, this is what, Daniel Jones' fifth season in the NFL? At some point when we could say we still don't know what the guy is, Maybe that's the answer, that he's never going to be a franchise quarterback. He could be good. You could win games with them. But if they're picking at the top of the draft, it wouldn't shock me if there's a lot of Giants fans that want to see this team go quarterback. And that's why a game like today is so big for that conversation. If the Giants fall to 2-7, and seven, you are going to start thinking about the draft. Eight hundred nine one nine. 919 3776 800 919. ESPN is the number. My name is Jake Asman. To my right is the great Maria Moreno making her debut right here on 98.7 ESPN. We got a lot to do. The late window games are kicking off as we speak. I had the chance to catch up with Cowboys legend, Pro Football Hall of Famer Emmett Smith. Talked a little Jets with him, talked about his NFL rushing record. You'll hear parts of that conversation coming up. At 5 o'clock, we got Herm Edwards, former Jets head coach, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us tonight at 6 o'clock. lot to do. We'll talk Jets, Chargers, and take your calls as well. Keep it right here. Jake Asman and Maria Moreno with you till 8 right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. You just did your first official segment, Maria. I did. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. You made it.
1: You've been a friend of the <laughs> station for a long time, and now uh, you've done a full segment.
2: Wow. I feel so accomplished. But, you know, speaking of feeling good, as a Jets fan today, you got to be feeling I'm giddy. pretty optimistic. Giddy. Now, You're going right to giddy.
1: I, I am downright giddy. Now, <laughs> full disclosure, you know, this time tomorrow, I'm going to the the Jet game tomorrow of night you are. at Jet Life. Hopefully, Think
2: you then. have a better time than you did last week.
1: You know, it, it's, it's so strange because. Last week was miserable for the first 59 minutes. I
2: was miserable watching it on my couch in, it was, in the comfort of my home.
1: It was so bad. And then the last, what, minute, I guess it was 24 seconds I in regulation. I you
2: story. You left. You were ready to oh,
1: go. gone. <laughs> Didn't let me back in. Right after Zach Wilson got sacked by Kayvon Thibodeau, me and the people I was with, Kenny and Joe, we got up, we left. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we hear on the loudspeaker, the Giants radio broadcast, that no missed the kick and the Jets have life. And we were like, wait a second, what? Try to turn around to go back towards our section. That's it. They don't let you in. Thankfully, MetLife has, like, these giant TV screens in the concourse area, and that's where we watch the end of the game.
2: You know, I was actually going to ask you about this, because even though the Jets ended up winning the game, the way that they lost and the fashion that they lo- that they win- won, excuse me. Felt like a loss. Exactly. It felt <laughs> like a loss. That's what I'm trying to say. And I actually think, even though it sucked at the time, that's going to serve them this week and moving forward, because... When you say oh the Jets are on a 3 game win streak you you feel like oh yeah and that's like all oh, like well and good but it you're really like you really got away with one last week like of you really played awful you're lucky that you got the W and I think that's going to help them from a motivational standpoint not that you should need any extra motivation week to week but it's almost like a pseudo revenge spot for them on Monday night just wanting to redeem themselves for how dismal the play was a week ago
1: And here's the thing any Jets fan listening knows exactly what I'm talking about here. We've all seen the Jets lose that exact game 100 out of 100 times. So the fact that they actually won, thank you, Brian Dable. The fact that the Jets actually won, they stole that win, I mean, maybe it's a sign that the karma around the Jets yeah. is actually starting to change because to get that win and you look at the landscape of the AFC and specifically, we're going to talk about this Chiefs-Dolphins game here in a moment, what that win now means mm-hmm. going into this game tomorrow night where if the Bills were to lose tonight mm. to the Cincinnati Bengals. Wouldn't where
2: that be a lovely evening for you? It
1: is certainly on the table. It could happen. <laughs> it could the Jets happen. with a win tomorrow against the Chargers would actually just be a half game out of first place. In the AFC. So yeah, they stole one last week. But you know what? They had to make the plays at the end. Zach Wilson was terrible for fifty-nine minutes and then with twenty-four seconds left, he became Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how. I don't know why <sighs> that, that that happened. But you take it and move on. And yeah, it, it it felt like a loss until it wasn't. And now you don't apologize for the win because I thought Salah had a great line last week after the game. You know, they they don't ask how, they ask how many. And getting the four wins in the AFC. That's huge. That one game could be the difference in whether or not the Jets could be a playoff team this year. And they gave away the Patriots game in week three. So to kind of rally from that one and three start to be one game over 500 huge primetime game tomorrow night. I think if you're a jet fan, I mean, you got to be feeling really good considering what the season was trending towards being when you lose Rogers and you start one and three.
2: Absolutely. And before we get into a little bit more big picture of the AFC, the NFL as a whole, like going back to Zach Wilson for a second, You do have to give him credit for the throws that he was able to make. And it it makes me wonder, is that just because he had to and had no other choice? There's certainly a mental aspect uh, with him. And he seems to be good in those two-minute drill situations. Five of seven games have featured scores in the final two minutes in either half. That's according to the New York Post. um, For the Jets this year. And so, you know, Garrett Wilson talked about this this week. There's got to be more urgency outside of those situations. There's got to be more urgency for the entirety of the game. But it makes me wonder about Zach because we see in those situations he is able to make the throws. Why isn't it happening, you know, over the course of an entire game? And I do question the coaching decisions uh, in some respects, because I know they they want to play it safe with him, they don't want to put him in a, in a situation where he's going to turn the ball over. But he's been really good in that regard. I mean, he's got one uh, one interception in the last five games, in the last like 170 pass attempts. So he is getting better. And I know part of that is the the coaches aren't letting him. But y- you have to have the offense be a little more dynamic, and you have to be a little less predictable. So I I almost wonder like. Can you give him a little more rope? Am I off base with that?
1: I completely agree. And look, at, at times I've been a Nathaniel Hackett defender, Maria, because you go back and you watch like the All 22, and you see you know the different people that study film and break it down, point out guys wide open, Zach Wilson just being trigger shy, especially in that Week Three game against the Patriots. And then it's almost like going into that Chiefs game, they're like, well, we're playing the Chiefs, we got to let them air it out because our only chance yes. is we got to take chances downfield and. To Zach's credit, that was probably his best game as a pro. Now, I think that is the outlier game. I think he's a lot closer to what he was against the Eagles or Denver than he was in that Chiefs game. But to your point, tomorrow night, you're going to need to score more than 13 points against the San Diego Chargers who play in L.A. Like You're going to need to go out there and actually let Zach Wilson try and take some chances downfield. Perhaps the best thing, to your point, it's not supposed to rain tomorrow. It's supposed to be a nice night. And I'm not sitting here telling you Zach's great when the conditions are, you know, perfect. But, but he it's is, a
2: factor for he, him. But he is so bad in the rain.
1: I mean, think yeah. about his worst games he's had as a pro. The Jaguars game on Thursday night last year. Monsoon got pneumonia from that game. The Ugh. Patriots game week three this year. Awful in the rain. The Giants game where for the first 59 minutes in the rain, he was terrible. He's not a good, bad weather quarterback. Not that he's good anyway. But you get my point. So, I, I do feel like they do need to take more chances downfield. And how about yes. this for a stat? The Chargers' pass defense is 32nd in the league. So if you can't move the ball yep. against them, I mean, who are you going to move the ball against if you're the Jets?
2: That is so true, and and that's why this is such a winnable game for them. Winnable games for both the Giants and Jets this week. Uh, but yeah, I, I did hear another thing Garrett Wilson was talking about was like just trying new things. And when you look at the Jets on third down last in the league, converting 23% of the time. Uh, something's got to give. And like the next closest, by the way, is Cleveland at 31%. <laughs> uh, actually, so that's bad. in red zone scoring. I mean, so,
1: they're so dead last on. in the
2: red zone and third yes, down. Yes, third down 23% of the time, red zone scoring 26% of the time. So those are the, the moments where you need to mix it up in order to make a play. And to you know move the chains and actually um, come out of these possessions with with scores, whether it be a field goal or a touchdown. But that is something that I'm really curious to see on Monday night. Are we going to see a little bit more of what we did when Zach Wilson played against the Chiefs? Because I actually watched back highlights of that game. I'm trying to figure out what did the Jets unlock. With Zach Wilson. Well, and that was why? actually
1: Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson's body that night. and Maybe that's what <laughs> you saw. We, we, How we, dare you? He's never looked that good. <laughs> I mean, hey, look, I'm rooting for him. People, people accuse me of being a Zach Wilson hater. There's nothing I want more than for him to play great, but it's just that's, that's what that was. That was an outlier game. That's not who he is. That mm. being said.
2: That being said, he is capable. Yes,
1: and they need to let him try and take more chances downfield tomorrow night because you're playing a bad passing defense, to your point.
2: Right. Look, at some point, you have to be able to live with a little bit of risk Live with a mistake being made now and again. Look, even the best quarterbacks—we saw it earlier today. We haven't even touched on, uh, you know, Chiefs Dolphins yet. Patrick Mahomes, Tua Tagovailoa—they will make mistakes. The problem is the Jets have such a slim margin of error that, it, you know, you're, too, you're scared. You're scared to, to have a mistake be made. But you you have to sometimes put yourself in that situation. Um, In order to have a high ceiling and maybe maybe get a little reward from the risk that you're taking.
1: Can't coach scared. Got to give him a chance (laughs) to make some plays downfield. And by the way, how about this for a stat about the third down offense for the Jets? So it's the worst in the league. You said it, right? 23% conversion rate. It is the worst in the NFL over the past 45 years. That's why. When I hear the Jets are 4-3 and, and and they're crazy Jet fans who don't think Robert Sala is a good coach or he's this, he's that, I'm like, are you nuts? They lost Aaron Rodgers on the fourth play of the yes. year. They're 4-3. and three. They've had the most difficult schedule in the league. And... They're, it's not Salas' fault that Zach Wilson's his quarterback for the third year in a row. So, right. I, I mean, they so they, they got to a- be better on offense, and I think they actually could could be a playoff team if they go from, I don't know, historically bad on third down to maybe just bad. Can you just be bad? Not historically bad, <laughs> yes. just bad, and they
2: could win games with this defense. Good point. And, you know, they do have a run game to lean on in Brees Hall. They do have a great playmaker uh, with Garrett Wilson I talked about. So it, it's certainly doable. But let me go back to this for a second. Yes. So you are, you're a fan of Salah.
1: I am a Robert Salah fan.
2: Okay. Expand on that for me. I'm not saying I I disagree. I, I, I'm kind of neutral on him, but I'm curious of your thoughts.
1: Well, this team never quits on him. Every single game, they go out there and they compete. I mean, even at the end of the Giants game, like the old Jets uh, of the past would have allowed Saquon to pick up the first down at the end of regulation, and Zach Wilson never would have even had a chance with 24 seconds left to go make some plays. I mean, they have a uh, they have a win over the Eagles, something that the Giants never seemed to do. They went out there down yeah. 10 at halftime in the game they lost Rodgers opening night against the Bills and came back and won. I just see a guy who has been dealt a bad hand with the injuries and obviously the quarterback situation being the biggest one. And I just see a team that went from the worst defense in the league when he first got there to his specialties defense. And this defense is not good, they're great. And their special teams is awesome. And I just see a, a coach who kind of changed like the loser mentality that the Jets have had. And a guy like Aaron Rodgers even wanted to come here and play for Robert Sala. So mm. I'm not sitting there saying he's Vince Lombardi, but I think there are some Jet fans <laughs> that are way too tough on a guy who, for now the third year in a row, is statistically being handed the worst quarterback in the league as his starting quarterback and Zach Wills.
2: Fair. Look, I, I totally agree with you. I think uh, some of the wins that they've had this year and the cir- circumstances that they've had to deal with um, point to what you're saying that he that he is a, uh, a competent head coach and they certainly on the defensive side of the ball I mean you, you've seen you're seeing his expertise you're seeing why he was brought in so uh, certainly in a position I mean we've, we've been talking about it but come Monday night they could be in a, a decent spot.
1: Got to win tomorrow night.
2: You got to win.
1: We'll take some of your calls coming up. 800-919-3776. We mentioned it. The Dolphins continue to not beat good teams. Shocking. I know Chiefs win in Germany, so that's good news for the Jets. So we'll mention that as well. Keep you up to date on all the games going on. Not a good start for the Giants, who are already down 7 to nothing. They went 3 and oh. out on their first drive, Maria. And then... The Aiden O'Connell led Raiders go right down the field for the wow. game's first touchdown. So, five minutes to go in the opening quarter. Raiders lead the Giants seven to nothing. We'll keep you up to date on that and all the other games going on. She's Maria Moreno. My name is Jake Asman. It is the Jake and Maria show with you till eight o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This. Emmett Smith, Pro Football Hall of Famer. You'll hear the conversation we had with Emmett coming up at the top of the hour. But, Maria, I hear that, right? And the narrative that they don't beat good teams. Is it a narrative if it's true? They've lost six <laughs> straight games to teams with a winning record. They're 6-0 versus teams with a combined record of 13-33 and 33 this season. Like, they do not have a good win. They got beat by the Chiefs. I know they made it a game late, but they were down 21 nothing in this game. They got beat by two scores by the Eagles on Sunday Night Football a few weeks back. And obviously, everyone remembers the beatdown they took by the Buffalo Bills after they scored 70 points the previous week. Against the Broncos. So I'm not going to sit here and say the Dolphins aren't a good team. They are. But we anointed the Dolphins as, like, the in-team this year. They're right there with any team in the NFL. And right now they're just not. Until they beat a good team, I have serious doubts on just how good this Miami Dolphins team is.
2: You aren't going to call them a bad team, but you are going to call them frauds.
1: I'm going to call them fraudulent. Because the way they were being (laughs) talked about was as if they are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And last time I checked, to win a Super Bowl— it requires you beating some good teams in the playoffs to even get to the Super Bowl in the first place.
2: I saw your tweet earlier.
1: I was worried I might have to, you know, hide from Dolphins fans if they came (laughs) back and won the game. But I stand by it. They are fraudulent.
2: So I'm going to stop short of calling them frauds just because you talk about, like, they don't have a good win. And I think that's hard to say in this league. A win is a win. And it's hard to stack wins in this league. And any team can lose to an opponent, I think, on any given week. I mean, look what happened to the Chiefs last week against the Broncos. I know Mahomes was sick, but still. You know, teams are going to be ready to play, and particularly against the very good teams because they want to get up for those games. Um, And so if you're not on point, you're going to lose. And so, yeah, okay, they haven't haven't beaten the Chiefs. I think...
1: (sighs) Or the Bills, or or the Eagles. Or the Bills,
2: or the Eagles. But I think what we're... Finding out is they're maybe not title contenders. They're maybe not the class of the league quite yet, but they're still a pretty darn good team. And they're a dangerous team with a very explosive offense. Now, I think you can get in a, into trouble sometimes when you have an offense that they do that is very reliant on the deep threat, kind of like you know being too reliant on home runs in baseball or the three ball in basketball. Like there's some volatility there. But they're also very dangerous in that respect. And um, I mean, you saw, you started to see it a little bit today in the game. It's funny because I saw your tweet calling them frauds before the half. And I was getting ready to respond to you. You still think they're frauds? Because I thought they might come back and win. Look, I get
1: it. You love the Dolphins. Obviously, your uncle is Dan Marino, right? If you stop
2: perpetuating rumors, people are really going to think I'm related to him. I am not, by the way. Marino, no relation. But be careful with that, Jake, because sometimes people get mistaken. But no, I have no affiliation with the Dolphins. I'm not a Dolphins fan. Um,
1: I just think they're overrated and, and it, that, it drove me crazy fair. that people love Mike McDaniel he's the greatest coach since sliced bread this and that is, <laughs> and and then it's like people just dunk on like Robert Sala like he's some like, terrible coach like last I checked the Jets have a win over the Eagles Miami doesn't they have a win Ooh, over the Bills Miami doesn't you
2: like, get heated
1: I'm just saying like the In defense Do- from your I, Jets I have no choice because <laughs> I just I hear the the, the storyline about how great Miami is and they're a good team don't get me wrong sure. like is having a phenomenal year Tyree Kill is incredible but like the fact that the matter is when they play a team with a losing record they average more than 35 points per game this year against teams that have a winning record so that'd be the Chiefs the Bills and the Eagles I think they scored an average of 17 points in mm-hmm. those games so there's something to be said right. where when they play a good team this is not this historic offense that everyone was anointing as like the you know the greatest show on turf part two <laughs>
2: Look, that's totally fair. Look they they, they certainly have a competent offense. Um, they've struggled against the better teams and particularly the better coach teams. And I think you're also seeing with them a bit of a case of like, okay, uh, top offense in the league, but like the defense doesn't really scare you. And we've seen many examples of of, of NFL teams where like if your defense isn't you know up to snuff, um, you get exposed, I think, a lot quicker. Uh, and so I think we're seeing a little bit of that with them. But that being said, you know, um, defensively, they did hold Kansas City scoreless in the second half. I thought that was impressive.
1: Chiefs offense does not look like the vintage Chiefs offense. We're accustomed to seeing. Their defense is really good. Shout out to uh, Steve Spagnola, their DC.
2: I know, the- our old friend. He's
1: doing a great job. He
2: was phenomenal. I mean, you just saw toward the end of the game there, like you knew that he was just going to, Blitz the heck out of uh, Tua. He did, you know, just stack that box and like ach, Tua, tough, tough. There loses that snap. No bueno. Long
1: flight back to Miami from long, Germany.
2: Long flight, but uh, okay. So they might have a, a few fraudulent tendencies. I'll give you that. All right. But well, I'm I'm not ready to say they're frauds. I don't right. think that's fair. So
1: you're saying like half fraud, <laughs> and I'm going full <laughs> oh, fraud. No.
2: Some uh, some mild fraud. You
1: can't be half pregnant, but you can be half fraud. And that's that's where you're at with the Dolphins, Maria. <laughs> She's Maria Moreno. My name is Jake oh, Asman. 800-919-3776. Our conversation with Evan Smith is coming up at the beginning of next hour. But let's go to the phones right now. Let's go to Bart and Beth Page. Bart, you're first up today. You're on with Jake and Maria. What do you got for us? Jake and Maria. Jake, my
3: brother, my brother, my brother. What's hey, up, Bart? Great you the- it was great seeing you, you know, the other day. I just used the Gus Buster umbrella to block the wind from a <laughs> Giants fan who says that I'm delusional. It worked. <laughs> Tell your dad it didn't explode because it was a lot of air. I'm so excited. I'm going now tomorrow. When I saw you, I wasn't going. I was with my son and stuff. When I saw you guys, uh, you guys are doing a great show, by the way. I'm really enjoying your, uh, your guys' commentary.
2: Thank you. Um,
3: it's excellent. And uh, I'm so looking. We, we just last minute got tickets so excited for tomorrow. I think what's going to happen is our offense is going to finally catch up to the defense and special teams. I'm not talking about it being an A-plus. I'm going for a C C C-minus offense which would give us like two touchdowns and a field goal and I think that would do it with our Mammoth defense. What do you guys think?
1: Bart, thank you for the call. I'm with you. I mean, the Jets offense, Maria, does not need to score 24, 27 points for them to win most games. If they could get two offensive touchdowns, and right now I think they're averaging 1.3, which is just abysmal. If they could get two offensive touchdowns, a couple field goals from Zerline. With this defense, if you score at least 20 points, you should be able to hold most teams to under that. And that should be enough to win. I think what's maddening if you're a Jets fan is you're 4-3, and but you're waiting for the other shoe to drop because this offense scoring less than two touchdowns a game is just not sustainable. Like As great as the defense is, it's unfair to them to expect them to be perfect, which they nearly have been for most of the year, game in, game out.
2: Absolutely. They've given the Jets a chance to win every ball game, um in spite of the offense. And, and we mentioned it before, being last in the league in red zone scoring and on third down. If they were not last, if they were not dead last in those categories, if they were just a little bit better in uh, converting those situations, they'd be all right.
1: Can you go from historically bad to bad, as I said earlier? Like they're 23% on third down, the stat you gave, and then we looked it up. It's the worst in 45 years. Like, can you go from being the worst in forty-five years on third down to just being just being bad? Like just bottom being three. mediocre. I mean, that mediocre might be enough to win the division, and given what's happening around them. I have a friend
2: that just called in, by the way,
1: who I met at a uh, listener event on Thursday night. By the yeah, way, yeah,
2: very cool. I mean, he was talking about he's hoping that the offense is like, what did he say, a C plus or a C minus? I mean, that's the that's, that's what the bar. we're hoping for. I, <laughs>
1: We are tortured Jet fans, right? Really. That's the problem. I know. I know. Like you, you see how crazy I go during these games. Like the problem is, like that's why we, we're just we're starving for any sort of competent quarterback play. That's why there's so many Zach Wilson defenders in the Jet fan base because it's like they won the game, and it's like, well, he didn't play well, but you're, right. you're just excited he played well enough for you to win. It's just if he could just be mediocre, I feel like they're gonna win more games than not and be a 10 plus win team and go to the playoffs.
2: They all know that that was a win on paper, but it didn't feel like a win, didn't look like a win. And uh, as far as they're concerned, probably wasn't a win. Um, And so that's going to just add fuel to their fire and I think really, really put them um, in a motivational, uh, advantageous spot come Monday.
1: Can the Jets go to the playoffs with Zach Wilson? We'll ask Emmett Smith that question. Spoke with Emmett earlier. You'll hear part of that conversation on the other side. Keep it right here. She's Maria Moreno. My name is Jake Asman. We are with you till 8 o'clock. We'll get back to your calls after that. Keep it right here. You're listening to 98.7 ESPN New York. So yesterday I had the chance to catch up with Pro Football Hall of Famer Emmett Smith and got a chance to talk to him about the Jets and Zach Wilson. So here's the conversation. Well, part of the conversation, I should say, with the legendary Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Emmett Smith joining us right now is one of the greatest football players of all time. He is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He is the NFL's all-time leading rusher. The great Emmitt Smith joins us right now. Emmitt, always great to catch up. Usually it's at a Super Bowl, so great to get you this time over the phone and talk some football with you. Hope all is well.
0: All is well, all is well. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. So let me ask you this, because you know, just the other day I saw it was the anniversary of you breaking Walter Payton's all time rushing record. And now I read today that you have held this record longer than Walter Payton ever did. I mean, has that sunk in? What is it like having this record for as long as you've had it now?
0: Well, it's cool to know that you've done something on the planet that no other man has ever done. Uh Walter himself was a legend and it still is a legend in my mind. Um, I'm I'm grateful for 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 him and for him setting a mark that, that, that challenge a player like myself and many other players gave us a, gave us a, a, a start to shoot after. And, uh, and I'm just fortunate and blessed to be able um, to have accomplished that mark, add to it and, and, and for it to be standing to this day um, is a, is a tribute and a Testament to not only my teammates and my coaches and everything else, But the hard work that I put in, uh, the focus and dedication and commitment to excellence that I put in as well uh, with uh, so many other people that have helped support me throughout my whole entire career. So I'm honored that the record is still standing. Uh, I look forward to still standing for the next 10, 15 more years. And uh, we'll see what things are then.
1: You know, it's funny because, you know, I've argued on the radio before. That, to me, is an unbreakable record at this point, at least currently how – You know, the NFL has played where you don't really have, you know, the Emmett Smiths, the bell cow running backs that get the ball as many times. It's always, you know, running backs by committee nowadays. Do you look at it that way, Emmett? Do you think this is a record that maybe no one will ever break?
0: I mean, uh, the way things stand right now, it's going to be a little longer. It's going to be a while longer before someone breaks this record. But I've always said to people, if a human did it before, a human can come back and do it again. And so I would never say never. The question is when where i don't know where i would be i don't know when it's going to happen but i hope someday if it does happen that i'm around to witness it and experience it so i can see the joy on that individual face like like i was happy when i broke the record
1: pro football hall of famer emmett smith is with us here 98.7 987 ESP at New York, Jake Asby with you. When you were a, a player, Emmett, obviously you're focused on winning games and you, of course, part of some iconic NFL teams with the Cowboys winning championships. But personal stats, a record like that, at what point in your career did you realize, hey, maybe I'm on pace to actually break this this record that Walter Payton has had?
0: Well, as a as a player in your in your career moving on right along, once you creep over ten thousand yards, then you just put your sights on the next 5,000, what does that look like? And what do I need to do to get there? But once you get to 15,000, it's like, okay, I'm about 2,000 yards away, uh, 2,700 yards away to be exact, uh, to catching Walter Payton. And by that time, you have to look at what year in the league am I now and where would I be at in the next four or five, maybe 7,000 yards after you crack, creep over 10,000. And so um, you, you're always trying to. If you are measuring yourself against something, you measure yourself against time, number one, and where you are in the process of time, and how good your team will be, and how effective you are once you creep creep over 30.
1: Evan Smith with us here, NFL's all-time leading rusher. So as far as the current NFL state of affairs, Evan, your Cowboys obviously a huge matchup against the Eagles coming up, and – I want to go back to your playing career when you faced the Philadelphia Eagles before we get to the present team. What are some of your fondest memories going up against the Philadelphia Eagles in that heated rivalry?
0: Well, it was always tough. I mean, I can go back to 1990. We played the Eagles in Texas Stadium. My first time ever playing against the Eagles. They had Jerome Brown, uh, Reggie White, Seth Joyner, Clyde Simmons, uh, uh, Golett. Byron Evans, Wes Hopkins, um, Eric Allen playing cornerback, Ben Smith playing cornerback, and Andre Waters, I believe, was playing in the secondary as well. And Buddy Ryan had that 46 defense. And they sacked Troy Aikman 11 times that day. 11 times in one game. And it was the most amazing, (laughs) one of the most amazing things I've seen. And, but it made us better. It made us better because the next year we got better when North Turner came in and we became more competitive and uh, Reggie white got mad at me one time because I broke one of his tackles. And uh, after the game, he came up to me and said, don't you ever do that again to me, Rook. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And I just laughed at it, but he laughed at it too and gave me a big hug. And we, we started to force some level of relationship and some level of respect there as well as football players. And so it um, was always a battle, though, with Philadelphia, always. And their fans are the absolute rudest people on the planet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, here in New York, we would certainly agree with that as we talk with Pro Football Hall of Famer Emmett Smith. I mean, going to Philly, Emmett, I mean, talk about just the difficulty of playing there on the road when you were going through it as a player and just the challenge that the Cowboys are obviously going to have dealing with that Eagles team in Philly coming up.
0: Well, it's going to be a challenge because the Philadelphia Eagles are a couple plays away from becoming Super Bowl champions. And with the upgrades that they've had on the, on the defensive side of the ball this year, the defense has got tougher. And so it's going to be a challenge. And, and, I, and I tell you what, the Cowboys are looking to create a measuring stick in terms of where they are, who they are, and what they want to become. This week is going to present that challenge again. Now, we failed the first t- test, and the first test was against the 49ers. And so now we got, got, got our second shot at it. And to become a great football team, you least got to match the energy and the, the play against the Eagles. If you could do that, I don't care if you lose the ball game by three, but you play well enough to where you have the confidence that, yes, we can do this and we just got to eliminate certain things and that's what i'm looking for the cowboys to 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 move forward.
1: Emmett Smith, Pro Football Hall of Famer with us here. Have to ask you about what we've seen from the the Jets and the Giants because they played maybe the ugliest football game that has ever been played this past week and the Jets were able to kind of steal a win where they didn't play well and here they are after losing Aaron Rodgers on the opening drive of the season Emmett and they're 4 and 3 led by a great defense and an outstanding running back that I'm sure you've seen play up close, Brees Hall. Your thoughts on this Jets team is how they're winning with defense and a running game. Is it sustainable? Is it good enough to get them into the playoffs when it's all said and done with Zach Wilson as the quarterback?
0: It's good enough to get them to the playoff, but I don't know if it's sustainable with Zach Wilson at the quarterback position. Now, Zach Wilson can grow with all of this PT that he's getting and it's up to the coordinator to – Simplify the offense so he doesn't have to make a lot of different reads, but he has to, Zach Wilson has to progress as a quarterback in order for that team to become a very dominant team, especially with a running game. And this is what I will say. We can talk about devaluing the running back position. The reason why you have a solid four or three season is because you can run the football. And you are running football and you are taking a lot of pressure off of Zach Wilson. So the best, the best protection for a quarterback is a solid running game, especially a young quarterback that needs to mature and needs to grow into that position as the leading quarterback for that team. That's why you have a running game. So the value of a running back is much greater than most people want to give it credit for without that running game. The Jets probably will be two and four versus four and two.
1: Does it bother you when people say, hey, running backs don't matter? You know, the position's been devalued because, as you pointed out, every circumstance is different. I could tell you, Emmett, as a Jet fan, without Brees Hall, you're right. The, the Jets would not be four and three right now. They'd be under 500.
0: You know what? Here's the here's the thing people think just because Bill Belichick and been and Nine Super Bowls, et cetera, et cetera. And, and they've done it with Tom Brady with a small uh, uh, running game, and they can go and draft players in the third and fourth and fifth round and not spend a lot of money on the first round. That's what people think. They think everybody can do that. And they think everybody has the, uh, uh, the propensity to get and draft the, the right guys. Therefore, they look at running backs and say, we can get a running back in the third round. because The reason why Belichick did it, because he didn't run the ball much in the Anyway, he threw the ball. Uh, as a sign of a running game because he had who? Tom Brady. Look at them right now. They don't have Tom Brady no more. And they barely have a running game because they couldn't run the ball in the first damn place. So, secondly, everybody want to look at him as a model for what they can do for the offense. Everybody does not have the, th- those kind of players. And everybody um, need to evaluate themselves objectively – Versus trying to do what the Patriots had. Patriots had a very unique talent at the quarterback position. Zach Wilson is not that level of quarterback for Tom Brady or anybody else in the National Football League right now. There are other players that are so much better than Zach Wilson. Not to say that he cannot become that. He's just not that today. And therefore, you have to turn around and hand the ball off to a guy that's very capable or a couple players that's very capable of carrying the team and show them the load and let Zach Wilson throw the ball to Garrett Wilson and a couple guys and not make a lot of mistakes and lean on your defense to win games. That's the formula for the Jets right now.
1: Emmett Smith with us here, and he's joining us on behalf of Emergent to help raise awareness of Narcan Nasal Spray and the dangers of opioid overdose. I Emma, mean, this is a great cause that you're involved with here. Can you tell our audience all about it?
0: Yes. Emergent and I are out here trying to not only just encourage people to uh, be ready through the Ready to Rescue campaign, but but to go out and equip themselves with the ability to uh, buy an over-the-counter uh, Norcan nasal spray and carry it on you at all times because you or I, we never know when, you or I, or someone that we know might need to be rescued because in today's society with the, uh, with the emergence of fentanyl, uh, along with the opioid, uh, uh, addiction of, of, of overdose over the counter medicine and, and, and some of the things that are prescribed to people, uh, we just have to be ready. We're just trying to spread awareness. If you need more information, Go to Norcan.com. You can have as much information on that website. You can reach out to resources that are there on that website as well uh, for further uh, information.
1: Final question, Emmett, because I saw the great commercial of you putting back on the Cowboys jersey and trying to go out there and play a little football. Let's say Jerry Jones calls you up. It's Super Bowl week. Tony Pollard unfortunately suffered some sort of injury. They say, Emmett, we need a goal line back. Can you give us one run at the goal line? Can you give the Cowboys that one play?
0: Nope, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. I could not do it. I couldn't take a hit. Uh, no, no. My son could probably hurt me right now if he hit me.
1: <laughs> the great Emmett Smith has been our guest here at 98.7 ESPN. You are joining us, of course. Once again, you heard him just say it. On behalf of the Darkhead nasal spray, once again, visit darkhead.com for more information. Always great to catch up, Emmett. Thanks so much for your time, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks again to Emmett Smith for being willing to tape a conversation with us that we did yesterday and, of course, played on the show just now. We got some major news involving the New York Giants. We're going to take a quick break and get right into it. It is not good for Daniel Jones and the Giants. We react to that next here on 98.7 ESPN New York.
0: This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: It looked like you were going to play a song where the lyrics were, I'm feeling good, as we're about to talk about a non-contact injury for Giants quarterback Daniel Jones. Is that what just happened there? Did you realize what you were about to do and tried to correct it on the fly? Uh, I realized that because I played that song earlier so that was why. I <laughs> well, just want to make sure there wasn't the, a hidden um, message in there. song I did play was probably not any better, but still standing.
2: No, I'll give you some credit for that one. Okay, I'll take it. Daniel Jones appears to still be standing, if you will, uh, after apparently suffering a knee injury in the second quarter here against the Raiders, which is not what you want to see. We are no longer feeling good.
1: No. Uh, Daniel Jones, non-contact injury. If you look at the play, he takes the snap, drops back, and he just goes down. Like He, he then apparently, according to the Fox sideline reporter, told Saquon Barkley on the sideline, Maria, that his knee – Buckled. He used the word buckled. So, I mean, you're hoping it's not a season end or you're hoping it's not a serious injury. But now for the second week in in a row, here's Tommy DeVito playing quarterback for the Giants. They signed Matt Barkley earlier this week, but they didn't activate him from the practice squad. So the emergency quarterback right now is apparently Saquon Barkley and DeVito, who the Here Giants again. did not want to allow to throw at all last week against the Jets. Now they have no choice but to try and let him throw. But obviously the bigger story being this Daniel Jones injury. We don't know anything yet, so we're not going to speculate. But it didn't look good. His knee buckled. He hobbled back towards the sideline. He's in the locker room right now, and we're awaiting an update. But that's the breaking news involving the Giants quarterback who was cleared for contact to play in this game and now was dealing with a potentially serious knee injury.
2: Yeah, just cleared for contact about a week ago with a neck issue. Uh, Not his first time having a neck injury, uh, as we know, although apparently they're unrelated. But now uh, the bigger issue at hand is what is this knee injury going to be? And even if it's not uh, so serious that he misses multiple weeks, there's potentially a good chance he doesn't come back in this game. Uh, We'll see what the update is. But uh, right now, the Giants have to adjust once again with DeVito and Last week they had what minus nine passing yards on the day. I would have to think that at this point they would be a little more comfortable doing more with Devito and actually letting him throw the football.
1: Devito one for one so far in this game, eleven yards. He already has more yards than he had all last week against the Jets. So that you have that Giants fans, but obviously you got
2: that going for you. Th-
1: this is just brutal. I, this I, is brutal. I feel for Daniel Jones if this is what it. it it obviously looked like it could be because here's a guy who, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the show before this game started, Maria. Here's a guy who got the big contract, but it's only really a two-year commitment. And with the Giants in a spot where if they lose, and they're losing right now 7 nothing to the Raiders, if they lose and they fall to 2-7, and seven, if Daniel Jones is seriously out, I mean, we're going to be talking about a team that's, what, one of the three or four worst teams in the league and a loaded quarterback class and a general manager and Joe Shane that didn't draft Daniel Jones? I mean, I don't want to do doom and gloom because we don't right. know what the injury is. But if you start to kind of think where this could be headed, uh, yeah. this is not good for the future of Daniel Jones with the Giants.
2: I know. I'm hesitant to get ahead of ourselves and until we know more. But uh, certainly I think there were questions already coming in. You know, earlier in the show we were talking about, uh, you know, is Daniel Jones really – really the guy. Is he really the quarterback that they meant to sign long term? And I told you to slow your roll because I was like, hold on, like, you know, if they beat the Raiders, whatnot. And m- meanwhile, the Raiders just scored again. Josh Jacobs, a uh, a touchdown. And, you know, we also talked about just the Giants injuries, the fact that uh, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley haven't been available together for most of the season, I was trying to bring that up as not giving uh, Brian Dable a pass, but at least you know putting things into perspective. But once again, you know I feel like the Giants came out not ready to play. Raiders are able to easily score on their first possession of the game. Why can't the Giants ever do that? But I know I have to kind of put that aside now because the, the the bigger issue is is the injury to Daniel Jones.
1: We'll keep you updated on what we hear. As Maria just said, Raiders now at 14-0. Man, Josh McDaniels must have just been the worst <laughs> coach, or just they just couldn't stand that guy because here they are. They score on their first drive, as you just mentioned, and now they're up 14-0 facing Tommy DeVito for the Giants. So we'll yeah. talk more about that game as it continues. We'll wait to see if we can get an official update on the Daniel Jones non-contact knee injury. But let's get back to your calls right now. If you're just tuning in, Herm Edwards is going to be joining us at the top of the 6 o'clock hour. We'll talk with the former Jets head coach about the Jets-Chargers matchup on Monday Night Football tomorrow night. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Jason in PA. Jason, you're up with Jake Asman and Maria Marino right here on 98.7 ESPN. What do you got for us?
4: Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, Great to be with you, Jake. I'm a big fan, but I got to say I'm a little – I'm a little upset about some of the things I'm hearing about, Zach. But first, before I get into my point about Zach, the NFL now in 2023 is a week-to-week animal. There's no more – I don't think these projections about where teams, offenses, and defensive rankings – they're great. The analytics are great, but that's why they play the games. You could see now anybody can beat anybody week in and week out when a Houston Texans running back is kicking field goals. Now, with regards to the Jets, uh, I, not only do I think they're going to win the division, but I think they're going to do it because of Zach, not in spite of him. He is getting better, and it's not because of him that they stay, they're, they're not uh, dominating teams. They're not letting him do anything. They're not putting the game on his shoulders. He's improving, and they need some context. Last week against the Giants, he didn't play great Well, it was a storm. He had eight drops by his receivers. The Jets are leading the league in injuries. I don't want to hear it from other teams, but they're decimated. Their offensive line is decimated. It's, Brees Hall needs 15 to 20 touches a game. You need to involve Malik Taylor, Brownlee, Gibson, and you need to throw it to Cook, split Cook out. This team is, is on the cusp, I think. If they open up the offense a little bit, Hackett can, can get a little bit more creative. Let's put the game on Zach's shoulders and let's see how he does. Because he's leading the league in comeback wins right now. And he's better than a lot of guys out there right now. Garoppolo's on the bench. Would you rather have Desmond Ritter or Zach Wilson? He's not the worst in the league.
1: Jason, thank you for the call. Here's the thing. He might not be the worst in the league, Maria. But he's still not playing like a guy that could get this team to the playoffs. I don't care how good the defense is. They're averaging one offensive touchdown per game. Like, that's that's not sustainable. And he thinks they're going to win the division because of Zach Wilson? Let's be real. If the Jets win the division, it's not going to be because Zach Wilson's lighting it up. It's going to be because his defense carries them and Zach plays a lot better. He has improved. He, he was unplayable at the end of last year. I was at the game against the Jaguars where they benched him for a CFL quarterback and Chris Strebler. But... I mean, I can't sit here and say they're not letting him do anything. There's plenty of times where there's guys open, he's afraid to throw it, or he's missing guys, he's holding on to the ball too long. I'm not gonna sit here and say he's the reason why the entire offense has struggled. But we gotta relax with the they're not letting him do anything. Like let's, like, he's in his third year. Can we can we have Zach Wilson take some accountability for the fact that? Going into uh, this game tomorrow night, the Jets have the worst third-down offense in NFL history over the last 45 years, and they are 32nd out of 32 teams in the red zone?
2: Jake, the truth is that it's somewhere in between. They're not going to win because of him, but they also, I think, can put him in better positions to succeed, and that's what I was saying to you earlier. I do think there is a coaching aspect to it, And um, it's a fine line because you don't want him making mistakes. Um, You don't want to see play that was reminiscent of last season where uh, he was a turnover machine. Uh, And so you are limiting the playbook because of that. But you also can't have a one-dimensional offense that's extremely predictable. Once again, we've seen him make big plays. We've seen the ability to make throws and to be – to be precise. And we don't always get the opportunity to see him. I think we could see that playbook opened up a little bit more. And I think you and I are looking for that on Monday night. I think we want to see him get given a little more of an opportunity to make a mistake rather than playing it so safe all the time. So it's somewhere in between. I don't think he's the worst quarterback out there. I think the Jets actually could be in a worse position, which is kind of surprising given what happened in week one and, and losing Aaron Rodgers four plays into the season um, and given their record they are okay uh, but he does need to progress we do need to see uh, progression we're not going to be able to see that unless he's given a chance to and um, I would like to see more of of those opportunities for Zach Wilson because I do believe he has the ability
1: our last caller brought up Oh, the rain last week? And, yeah, the rain was a, a huge problem. And Zach has been bad in the rain. Well, guess what? Tomorrow night, no rain in the forecast, and the defense for the Chargers is second worst in the league in yards allowed and 32nd against the pass. So if Zach Wilson, to our last caller's point, is going to be the reason why the Jets win the division, well, then tomorrow night would be a great opportunity for him to play well and resemble the guy we saw in that Kansas City Chiefs game, also in a primetime game tomorrow night. Back to the calls we go. eight hundred nine one nine. Three seven seven six. If you want in on the conversation with Jake Asman and Maria Moreno, let's go to Charlie D who's in Bethpage on Long Island. What's up, Charlie? You're up next on the show.
5: Hey, Jake, how you doing? I'm good to hear from you You and uh, Maria doing a great job on the show. And uh, Bart, who just called in earlier, he and I are going
2: to the game tomorrow. We're excited. Love
1: it. That's awesome. Hope you guys have a great time.
2: And thank you. Excellent.
5: Thank you. A couple things. This is kind of a two part question. Uh, and, and I follow all your shows, Jake, and just listening in. And I, I get the feeling, you know, from what I see, I mean, as you know, I'm a diehard Jets fan. It, it looks like Zach is significantly better than what we saw last year, especially toward the end of last year. And, and you see some of his throws. You see some of the plays that he makes. It looks like you get this feeling that the light could go on like it did for maybe Jalen Hurts. I heard he struggled early on. Uh, So my first question to you is, do you think that, you know, what's your gut feeling? Do you think that by the end of the season the light could go on and we could end up with him playing at a much higher level? And God forbid, if it doesn't happen, you know, what do the Jets do? Because they have to have another plan behind Aaron Rodgers. My second question is Devontae Adams.
1: Do you think that they go after him? Two good questions. So I'll answer the first one first. I think Zach could play himself, Mario, to a point where he's no longer the worst starter in the league. He's a guy who's maybe like the 24th or 25th best quarterback in the league, and they can go to the playoffs with him. Like I, th- I think that is possible. I don't, I don't think this light is going to go on in year three with Hurts. It was year two for him, really, where he's going to go out there and he's going to be like this great quarterback. I, I, I think he has talent to be a good quarterback if he hits his absolute ceiling. I just don't believe in a guy who's now, what, 27 career starts in that there's going to be like this switch that's flipped and he's all of a sudden going to be great. I think he could be better than what he's been. I think he clearly has improved. I'm not saying he hasn't improved, but I still come back to the fact that this team is averaging one touchdown per game and how they're winning is not sustainable unless he does play a lot better, even though. As we've talked about, he is better. He's no He, he was unplayable last mm-hmm. year. Against the Patriots this year, there was talks of, well, going into that Chiefs game, is he playing for his NFL livelihood that night? Is Tim Boyle going to come in and replace him in that primetime game? So he's at least stabilized things where I think he's the quarterback clearly the rest of the way unless Aaron Rodgers actually comes back before the season ends. But I just don't see him ever being a franchise quarterback for this team. So my answer kind of goes into a second question where I think eventually they're going to have to draft someone, but that's not going to be uh, necessarily this offseason because they're still all in on trying to get Aaron Rodgers as many weapons as possible, like the Devontae Adams, and try and win a championship with this window they have.
2: Well, Jake, it's not just you or I saying that Zach Wilson, you know, gives the Jets the best position to win. That is a decision that the Jets made as soon as Aaron Rodgers got injured. They didn't want to get anybody else Sala said, Zach gives us the best chance to win. And I I think I agree with that. And um, at the time, it was certainly hard to digest and, and hard to believe. But I have seen improvement, to your point. I've seen fewer interceptions and, and be- generally better decisions. Um, There's still, like I've said previously, a, a very slim margin of error. So you don't want to see um, him make some of these mistakes that, you know, we've seen in the past and I think it gets a little old, right? You're, you're, you're sick of seeing it at this point. So I think that can give it a little, it could be a little misleading when you're watching in real time and you see a mistake made because like, you know, that's, that's going to happen. Uh, but I do think there's a development part of it that needs to happen. And part of that is on coaching. I'm not going to absolve the coaching staff here of what Zach is, you know, able to do because there, there is something there, but, um, I I do think that I believe in him in terms of I think he can continue to progress. Um I don't know if he's going to necessarily turn it around and and flip a switch. Is
1: he the quarterback after Aaron Rodgers is done with the Jets? Cuz I don't think he is. I, I think he think could maybe be, you know, on this team next year and you feel better about him as the backup to Rodgers cuz he's had all this, you know, opportunity to play under Hackett and has chemistry with the players that are on this team, but I, I don't think he's the long-term answer post-Aaron Rodgers.
2: I think that's fair. I, I wouldn't say he's the long-term answer. Uh, I think it's, frankly, too soon on that just because, you know, <laughs> things can change on a dime, uh, as as we've seen with, with Aaron Rodgers going down uh, with his injury. We're seeing it right now with the Giants and Daniel Jones, who we still don't have an update on uh, his injury in that game against the Raiders. And so um, I think it's – Look, it's the, it's the GM's job to to look that far ahead. I get it. Uh, but I, I'm a little hesitant to make any calls. But I would say I agree he's probably not their long-term answer. But he's your guy right now. He is your quarterback right now. And so the coaching staff has been living with him. And the coaching staff needs to be better, too. Agreed. You know, the— Like tomorrow
1: night, let him throw against a Chargers pass defense that's the worst in football. Like if Zach's gonna have a good game, tomorrow is the perfect opportunity with the entire country watching for him to play well.
2: I agree, and and it's a it's a prime spot. And you know if he if he goes out and plays great on Monday, the way he did um, in the past against the Chiefs on a primetime game, um, I think that would go a long way in that locker room. I think it would go obviously a long way uh, with the fan base and. And you're talking about a team that has a, a legitimate chance to make the playoffs and maybe even go further than that. Let's
1: get back to the phones right now. 800-919-3776, 800-919-ESPN is the number. Jake Asman and Maria Moreno with you until 8 o'clock. Herm Edwards joining us at 6 o'clock. We'll talk Jets Chargers with Herm. To the phones we go right now. Mr. Bonesy in New York City is up next. Bones, what do you got for us? You're on with Jake and Maria.
6: Hey, Jakey, Maria, you guys are doing great today. Uh, Love you guys on the show.
2: Thank you for calling.
6: Of course, of course. Just want to start off by saying what a day. Uh, We start off with the Dolphins taking that big loss. That helps us, you know, play for the division. We got a game tonight to see what happens between Buffalo. Let's go Bengals. Let's get that W. Uh, Very excited. And also, we've been getting so lucky with all these games like Teams coming off a big win and then getting us or the Eagles being undefeated. Now we got the Raiders with all their hype. Look at how they're playing the Giants right now. It just shows you how bad McDaniels is and also what motivation could do for a team. You know, like just like a Rodgers motivation does for our team. Motivation's a big thing. And the Giants, they look like they're dead in the water. They had such good... like motivation when Taylor came into, you know, for the last couple of starts. Now Daniel Jones is, and they're looking like the old Giants before, you know, Taylor's getting those starts. But uh, just to throw that stuff at you now, I got uh, one last thing about tomorrow night. I'm very excited for tomorrow's game. It's a big game. You know, all this Zach talk, we we really – need to relax because it's it's such a week-to-week thing. Imagine we lost that game last week. Imagine we lost to the Giants. What would we have been talking about this week? We would have been talking about Zach, Zach Wilson starting next week. Like, now we're, we're getting callers and everybody saying, like, well, man, like, you know. Just,
2: can I jump in there for a second? Because we're yeah, not we're not talking about that because Zach Wilson did help them win the, the end of the game. <laughs> all he needed was 24 seconds i know i know i know that's that's tough because he he played poorly for, uh, throughout most of the game but when you needed it and when he got a chance he, he did make those throws and they did end up uh getting the unlikely victory
6: oh no maria you're right i'm, I'm not <laughs> well, i like a, hearing like that Zach Truther, <laughs> but he did he he's, he's shown improvement we weren't winning games like this last year he's definitely shown great improvement but we just have to always keep into perspective he's our backup quarterback we have a man coming back named Aaron Rodgers and we just gotta keep holding on I don't see the Jets uh I don't see the Jets really unleashing Zach again until they need to just like in the Chiefs game so that's why let's see how tomorrow goes uh Palmer's out for the Chargers that's a big wide receiver to be out so uh, you know, Williams is ready on IR. I think our defense is going to get after it tomorrow, and we're going to control this game. I'm excited, baby. Let's go Jets,
1: J-E-T-S. Bonesy, great call. Look, it's a pretty good matchup for the Jets, Maria. It really is. Like, the, the Chargers notoriously do not play well in primetime. Their head coach, other than Josh McDaniels, was, like, the other most, like, scrutinized coach in the league in Brandon Staley. Now he is the most scrutinized coach in the league because Josh McDaniels got fired this past week. So, Like It's a good spot for the Jets where, as you brought it up, they basically played so poorly it feels like a loss, even though it wasn't, and you take the win and don't apologize for it, that maybe Sal and the coaching staff could really harp on how poorly they played and get them up for this game on Monday night. So I think from that standpoint, it's a good matchup on paper for the Jets with the Chargers having to come cross-country. To me, it just comes down to Zach Wilson. Like, if he right. if he plays a decent, clean game, I think this Jets defense is going to force a couple turnovers against Justin Herbert, and they're going to have a great chance to win like they have in, in all these games this year. I think it just comes down to what version of Zach we see tomorrow night.
2: Chargers are notorious for being in close games, for blowing close games. And uh, you talked about the ineptitude of their defense, particularly their pass defense. So uh, second-worst defense overall absolute worst pass defense in the league, Uh, and that is a prime opportunity for the Jets and Zach Wilson, and we've been talking about it a little bit throughout the show, but is that going to be a sign for the coaching staff to open up that playbook just a little bit more, maybe let him throw downfield a little bit more, maybe see how he responds, and you know our friend, our caller, uh, Bonesy was talking about motivational spots, and uh, l- like I've been saying all show, the fact that they played as poorly as they played last year, and now get this opponent, this is a just a prime opportunity for them, and they have to take advantage. And you know I'm rooting for the kid. I, Me too. I want to obviously you want to see Zach um, succeed and continue to progress, but I I want I want to see him given the chance, like truly given the chance and not just all right let's play let's play it safe let's you know try not to make any mistakes and like open up the playbook a touch
1: she's maria moreno my name is jake asman we're with you till eight o'clock more of your calls coming up we got herm edwards joining us at the top of the six o'clock hour if you want in on the conversation 800 919 espn is the number more coming up right here on 98 7 espn new york
0: this is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Update on the Giants coming, and we'll get back to your calls. Last night, Maria, I made my debut on the UBS Arena Jumbotron <laughs> chugging a drink. I'm very Good proud. For you. That was my talking hockey moment for today's show. Well done. Because the Islanders blew a 3 <laughs> 0 lead and lost in overtime, and I'm not happy about that.
2: You had a much more eventful Saturday night than I did. I'll say that. <laughs> I
1: mean, you had just celebrated a one year wedding anniversary. You're right.
2: Though. I did. You're you're right. I did. I uh, had a, had a couple celebratory evenings leading up to that, so I guess I was entitled to uh, to a quiet night. But man, you know, I was really looking forward to today in terms of being like, okay, the Giants are in a great position where they're playing a a team that's in disarray, and and maybe they can come out and do well and. Man, the tide has turned, and the I'm just feeling deflated right now.
1: Giants trail 21 nothing now. Tommy DeVito, who came in for Daniel Jones, if you're just hearing the news, suffered a non-contact injury. So Jones went to the locker room. We don't know his status. Didn't look good. Obviously, non-contact never good for a quarterback. He apparently told Saquon Barkley on the sideline that he heard his knee buckle, according to the mm-hmm. Fox broadcast. And Tommy DeVito's one for three today, with two interceptions. of the Raiders who are. Right near the goal line, again, trying to go in. So th- this is just turning out to be just an unmitigated disaster for the Giants in Vegas.
2: Once again, uh, the Giants and Brian Dayball just can't wait to get to halftime. Just get me to the locker room and let me figure out what's going on here. But yeah, down 21 nothing with uh, just under 30 seconds left to play in the first half. And uh, as you said, still no word on whether Daniel Jones will be available to come back in this game. I doubt it at this point. Um, And then, you know, we'll have to find out the severity to see the greater implications on this season and beyond. Uh, But, you know, again, like the Raiders are this is not a team that should be winning like this right now. I mean, all of a sudden, Josh Jacobs looks like, you know, an all pro again. I I think coming into this game, he hadn't cracked 100 yards rushing. He's already got like 80. So the uh, the Giants. Uh, making the Raiders and Antonio Pierce look amazing right now.
1: It's just unbelievable that Aiden O'Connell, who's starting for Jimmy Garoppolo for the first game, comes in against a Giants defense that played very well against the Jets last week. I know the Jets don't exactly have this great offense, but still, Aiden O'Connell comes in, and he's 9 of 10 for 135 yards and nearly threw a touchdown in this game. They were stopped like inside the 5-yard line. And then Josh Jacobs, as you have brought up, just going off today with two touchdowns and already... 85 yards rushing. Just brutal Just look for the Giants all around. Just brutal.
2: Just back-to-back brutal weeks for the, the Giants.
1: And, and look, I understand the storyline coming out of this game is going to be Daniel Jones. I get that. Yeah. But as far as the other 52 players on this team that are out there on the field today— these are the type of performances that make you question the head coach. Absolutely, you know, the, the Brian Dable love affair last year was deserved. No one had this team go into the playoffs. No one had this team winning a playoff game. But here we are, and the Giants have been embarrassed in their primetime games this year. The Giants have had some just horrendous coaching decisions that have been made by Dable. Like it, it feels like last year was so long ago. It's hard to believe this is a guy that Giants fans were in love with and talking about him as you know one of the best coaches in the league. So.
2: Dare I say, do we have a coach of the year curse in New York between Dayball last year being terrible this year? Buck Showalter gets fired a year after he won coach or manager of the year. Thibodeau was coach of the year a couple years back, right? And missed the playoffs the following year. What's going on? Do
1: so you want to come in second and not win the award? Where you have like a really good coach season, <laughs> yes. but you don't win the award and they get cursed. Is that's what you're I, saying. I
2: admit, I might be a little superstitious, but what what the heck? I mean, this is this is shocking.
1: Raiders kick a field goal right before the half with four seconds to go. So it's 24 nothing. with four seconds, as I mentioned, right before the half. Looks like the Giants will probably just knee it with DeVito and they'll be down once again, 24-zip without Daniel Jones. Just brutal. Just brutal. Herm Edwards is joining us coming up at the top of the hour. Before that, though, let's squeeze in a couple more calls. Let's go to Kenny in the Jet Lounge. Kenny's up next. What's up, Kenny? You're on with Jake Asman and Maria Moreno.
7: What's going on, Jake? Look forward to uh, the weekend coming up in Vegas with you, hosting those parties. That's going to be sick. Can't wait, Kenny. So, well, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, Maria, I had the pleasure of meeting you at JJ's wedding.
2: That you was a did? good night,
7: Wow yep I was there I, yep, I was there with my good friend Joe Beningo. Oh, so, that
2: yeah, sounds uh,
7: familiar. I was yep, yeah that <laughs> sounds familiar well listen getting, getting, getting back to football uh, when any time uh these young quarterbacks play good in the league, especially when the Jets ain't playing today and you get a chance to watch some of these games, it puts more pressure on Zach as a second overall pick to finally look like a quarterback, and Jake, you know we, we we've discussed this in the past. He doesn't look the part, and there's a lot of pressure on him tomorrow night because that's the only game in town, and there's going to be a lot of eyes on him, and he's got to come through, and I just hope the the coaching staff takes the handcuffs off him and and starts firing the ball downfield against the Charger defense uh, because they don't have a choice. And and moving forward, um, I don't think he is the quarterback, uh, uh, you know, basically after Aaron Rodgers moves on. I don't don't see him uh, being a quarterback for the Jets because they brought Aaron Rodgers here for a reason, because they didn't believe in this kid. And, you know, and so far the Jets are doing it with mirrors. We all know, you know, Zach's made a few good throws when he needs to, but, you know, you can't do that for two minutes. We need to do it for 58-plus minutes instead of two minutes. So hopefully tomorrow night we see this kid come through because they're going to need him.
1: I think tomorrow night the first team to 20 is going to win the game. That's how I see it. Good call, Kenny. I- I'm with you. Look. Great call. They don't they don't need Zach Wilson to play as well as he did against the Chiefs to win tomorrow, but he needs to be better than he was, obviously, against the Giants. It's a good matchup for him to play well. And I agree. I know you've said it, Maria. I've said it our last caller, our our, our last caller, Kenny just said it. They got to open up the playbook a little bit. They got to take some chances downfield. Mm-hmm. It's okay to throw on first down, do some more play action. You know, any game Garrett Wilson doesn't get at least 10 plus targets is not a good game plan. You know, Brees Hall's been the Jets' second leading receiver these last two games. Keep going to him in, in that department. You know, keep giving him opportunities. Like what we saw last week, he turns a check down into a 50 yard touchdown score for the Jets, their only offensive touchdown. So they got to be more aggressive tomorrow. The weather, yeah. once again, I think it's huge. It's not supposed to be nasty. It's going to be a, a a loud, rowdy environment. You know the defense will play well. If Zach can take care of the ball and just make a couple plays here or there, they should win this game. I really do like the matchup. It's weird being confident as a Jet fan because usually it's scary. I skew negative when it comes to the Jets. That's just my life. But I feel good about their chances because I think Zach's going to play a lot better than he did last week. I mean, the bar is pretty low, Maria.
2: You know, I want to mention something else that that Kenny brought up. It's the first time I've heard it today on this show, which is surprising. He, he referenced Zach Wilson being the second pick in the draft. Why do I care? Because I'm kind of over the whole, oh, he's not good for being the second pick in the draft thing. Like, I get it. The Jets drafted him where they did. And, you know, so they obviously expected him to be better than he is right now. But let's just talk about what he is right now. Forget where he was drafted. Because we have people all the time that are drafted late and surprisingly are amazing or, or much, much better than we expected. Look at Brock Purdy. And then we have people that are drafted real high. And they, and they don't always work out. So, like, I don't really... And I know that Kenny wasn't necessarily, like, harping on this. It was just a casual mention. But it just reminded me that I, I just hear this discourse a lot when it comes to Zach. Like, he was the second pick of the draft. He should be better. It's like, who cares at this point? Like, we're... What, year three is it for Zach? Like, just what what is he doing right now? And how is he progressing week to week? And And forget about that. Am I... I mean... Do you blame me?
1: No. <laughs> I, I, that That's how I try to look at it. At, at times it's tough because it's just like, man, not only is this guy the second pick of the draft, but like he's not even playable at times. I think that's the frustration for Jet fans like myself. But I've tried to be fair to Zach by saying this, Maria. If you look at Zach Wilson through the lens of what he was supposed to be on this team this year, which was a backup quarterback, mm. he's at least a backup quarterback. Like, he might not be the best backup quarterback. I think there's guys in the league I would rather have. Over him. Like, I think Gardner Minshew is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Andy Dalton's a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Taylor Heineke, I think, is better than Zach Wilson. But Zach was unplayable last year. Like, there was talk about him being out of the league if this continued. They didn't even want to play him at the end of the season against Miami last year when they were mathematically eliminated and they felt like they were better off playing Joe Flacco, the corpse of Joe Flacco, over (laughs) Zach Wilson the last game of the season. So, Zach's gotten better and he's come a long way. But for the Jets to get to the playoffs, I still think he's got to play better than what we've seen so far because how they're winning, while it's awesome and you don't apologize for the wins, it's awesome to be four and three. Averaging one touchdown a game Mm. and being the worst third down offense over the last 45 years in NFL history is not sustainable if you're going to be a playoff team with that as your philosophy for offense.
2: Definitely. And that's the the only point that I was trying to make. Like, let's stop comparing him or using where he was drafted as this sort of like measuring point like we have enough of a sample size now we have year one we have year two we have what he's doing this this season let's use that that sample size of him in the NFL as to where he should be right now not where he was drafted
1: he was the second pick in the draft but (laughs) on this team he was the backup quarterback (laughs) The problem is, Maria.
2: It's a unique situation. Things change. He had
1: to play basically the entire season because he came in on the fifth play of the season for the Jets because a guy named Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and it was one of the worst moments of my life.
2: By the way, we can get into this more, but Chargers favored tomorrow night. I love that. Three and a half. Oh, yeah. Of course you do. Love
1: that. The one time the Jets were favorites was last week. They didn't even cover. (laughs) And very easily should have lost to the Giants. (laughs) Love the Jets in the underdog spot. Yeah. Sign me up.
2: I like that, too. Would you uh, would you would you bet on that? Would you pick a uh, Jets plus the points?
1: I would take the points. Mm. I like them to win outright, but I'll take the points. Is it three or three and a half?
2: I'm seeing three and a half right now. Oh,
1: I love it even more. <laughs> I love the hook.
2: Give me the <laughs> I hook. I love it. <laughs> I might be with you on that. Maybe we should do a little little grouper. A little right. uh, you know. Have my people Jake call and Maria your people. Show play, <laughs> and then we'll follow up.
1: We'll make that happen. Okay. <laughs> coming up, Herb Edwards is going to join us. We're going to get into this Jets Chargers game with Herb Edwards with ESPN. Obviously, coach the Jets. The last time they won the division. That's coming up next here on 98.7 ESPN New York.